Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it could save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. I mean, we're talking theater. I mean, Kelly's a big fan of going to the theater. He's going to, we're going to try to force him to watch Wicked while he's out here in LA. But the thing I love about GameTime is just how easy it is to use. I mean, Kelly, it's as simple as two taps. I mean, you're just bing, bing, and you're out, and you're on your way to check out Wicked. You ready for that? Bing, bing? Bing, bing. Just you're, Or or you want to go ding, ding. Whatever you want to say, guys. Bam, bam, pow, pow, whatever it is. But it's two taps, and Kelly's on his way to check out his favorite theater show out there, which is Wicked. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays, folks, with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app, create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code THE ATHLETIC. That's one word, all caps, THE ATHLETIC. Once again, that's THE ATHLETIC for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, folks. You can't pass that up. Credit is only available to the first thousand people who redeem code and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, which is right around the corner, folks. So move quickly and score some last-minute tickets. Speaking of looking fresh, is that velvet you have? <laughs> Biggie Velvet. Mo Dackel, this guy's amazing. Welcome to another episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. As always, I'm Mo Dacule, your host. We got Kelly Eco, our man on the ground, beat writer for the Athletic, bringing in some great stories. We have Sasha Ashal, our producer on the ones and twos, making us all sound great. And today, Kelly, we got a special guest. We've been kind of wanting to have him on for a while. Uh, we got Wozni Lambre. He's our culture expert. He's going to give us some Great fashion stuff. You got to check out his fashion power rankings on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, you got to get on it now. Uh, we'll run through how you can do that later. But Waz, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be on finally on Brody and the Beard. Um, I can't lie. I haven't been very kind to the Rockets in any of my talking head or public statements. But I'm happy to be here. Uh, congratulations, Rockets fans. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be alone. I've done that quite a bit myself and have got. Yeah, I was, I was about to say that. Mo, <laughs> get in line. Yeah, Mo yeah. is the head of that. I'm, I'm enemy number one. I got hit on a, I'm on, funny side note, I'm on jury duty. So I'm actually in between breaks right now wow. uh, recording. And because, you know. Look at you, man. Um, performing your civic duties. That's, I, that, I love it. That's after that, and, and your and your and your neutrality, your impartial ways. Yeah, I've been. Uh, that's after trying to dodge it for like two and a half years and getting a letter going like, "Yo, if you don't show up, we're gonna have a warrant out for you." And I was like, "Oh, I should, I should Wait, probably go do this." Is, it, is that a real thing? I don't know, but I wasn't trying to test it, Kelly. I got a notice saying that I haven't shown up. I've 
been ditched, which I, which is true, and that there was like a so, potential bench warrant, which basically I think means they just drag you. So into I'm court. about to I'm about to snitch on myself, but technically, theoretically, I'm still a I'm a citizen of New York City. So if they if they need me, they're gonna have to come and get me. Yeah, I, <laughs> from I, Encino. <laughs> I don't think they put in the money in there to put you on a uh, a, a court case. But I was so I was tweeting out just because I was bored. Because honestly, sitting in the jury assembly room, it's like adult atten- uh, detention. Uh, you just kind of just sit there. And I was bored, so I was like, "All right, anybody got questions?" And somebody asked me, "Like, how do you? What do you think of Rocket fans and everything?" I'm like, "I don't think they like me too much, so <laughs> kind of just leave that alone." But Let's get to really what matters, and it's fashion. I mean, this is a team, this Rocket teams of all the teams, has the most fashionable guys. I mean, they literally lay down a red carpet on the weekends for guys in the tunnel so that they could kind of show off their stuff. And Kelly, I mean, Kelly's big into fashion himself. I mean, he's uh, self-proclaimed stuff. I'm going to ask you to rate. Th- I'm on his Instagram. I-, I-, I peep what he's doing. Okay, well, let's just go. Was, was, was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you, before you start... Can we can we get a media power rankings every week, just like you do with the players? Cause, man, listen. I mean, me and my man Logan, we've been holding it down. Nah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Lo- Logan, Logan Murdoch, um, of the Bay Area, uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. He gets busy. Um, yes, I have seen Kelly with the high waters and the no socks and the loafers. I've I've Woo! peeped him on the gram. Gets busy, but I gotta say, man, that's that's like probably the oh no, that, that's a lot. My man Yovan Buha, he gets busy. He gets busy. Um, but it's it's a really short list, man. <laughs> yo, yo, I, let me just tell you right now, was you ever want another ride to Staples Center? I better be on this list right now. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, Mo, Mo gets Mo gets it in. <laughs> what a Mo fake, gets it in. Mo, Mo, Mo gets it in with the Air Force Ones. I see you with the Uptowns. I give okay. you, I give it to you for 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 rocking Tim, Uptowns. Tim, a sneaker that Tim was made McMahon famous be having in the Air Force Ones too. And, and and Tim and Tim got the Converse going on too. Oh, man, Tim. There. Yeah, t- yeah. Converse is the you know that's the white boy staple. So Jesus, old man swag. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, before we get into more trouble within the media, let's get into trouble with the players. Yo, the, your power rankings are out this week. Uh, PJ Tucker was number one last week. Dropped down to two this week. You had Harden yeah. on there this week. Last week you had Austin Rivers. Just break down the Rockets' fashion sense as a whole. So um, it's funny because <laughs> Harden and um, PJ Tucker actually share a stylist. It's a woman by the name of Keisha McLeod, and she happens to be from my neighborhood um, that I grew up that I grew up in in Queens. I actually went to middle school with her little sister, and you know it's been kind of cool to watch her ascent in that arena, right? Like she styles Serena Williams, like styled her for her wedding and shit. Like she's like doing her thing out in this world. So I, I actually tend to pay really close attention to what um those guys are doing. And of course there's Westbrook who, you know, for the record has never made my list. Um and, and we can get into why he hasn't. Um but uh yeah they have guys that take this shit really serious. You know, um PJ Tucker takes it extremely serious. Like and it's not just about what he's wearing the games like this guy's going to Paris for fashion week. Like he's getting on a plane, flying six, seven, eight hours to to attend these fashion weeks, right? Like, of course he's in um he's in New York for fashion week. Like, uh, these guys take it serious. Like they're embedded in that culture, and you know, 
the reason why you see them dressing this way when they go to games, like they want people to notice. You know, that's why I wanted to do this ranking in the first place. Like they, they clearly care about this thing um, to the point where not only are they hiring people out, um, which obviously is the case, uh, they're like, they're constantly posting their, their outfits to their personal pages and they're tagging the brands and like they take this stuff really serious and the Rockets, um, they happen to have, you know, Westbrook, Harden and, 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 um, PJ are like, you know, they're going above and beyond the call of duty, right? When it comes to getting fresh. And the reason why I like Austin Rivers, cause he's doing his thing too in a much more understated fashion. It's a little bit, well, it's a lot of bit less look at me than the other three, but, um, he gets it in too. So, you know, those four guys actually, you know, I, I check out what they're doing on a week to week basis, man. Y'all want to talk? I, I want to talk on Austin Rivers a little bit. You know, last night after the game, I think he had on a little velvet. You know, I, I didn't want to say too much because that's my guy, but you know, that's my thing. But oh, but, but Russ, but Russ has seen him, you know, leaving, and he said, "Okay, I see you. I see you, bro. It, it looked clean. I ain't gonna lie, it looked clean. So I can't hate. But him, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein had the Balenciaga turtleneck. You know, the one day I wasn't there, but." I've seen Biggie Velvet's presence rub off on the team a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. So, yeah, um, give me my it's... flowers. I need my flowers. <laughs> wow! Wow! This is the feel yourself segment, apparently, of Brody and the Beard. <laughs> so, um, what I will say about that Austin jacket is that um, that's actually not the first time he wore that this season. I actually highlighted that exact piece. Um, probably one of my first times that I put him in the ranking. So I peeped it. I'm not, you know, I understand that these guys are millionaires, but at the same time, you can't expect them to wear a different outfit for all 82 games, right? Um, some of the pieces are going to get repeated, especially when they're on the road and you don't want to pack too heavy and all of that stuff. But yeah, I, I appreciate that uh green velvet jacket is is super fresh. And what I would in what I will want to what I do want to say um immediately when Sasha reached out to me about coming on the show of about PJ Tucker specifically like this dude is a lunch pail player uh basically a glue guy. He's a role player. Might be the fourth or fifth best player on his team and he was able to start a bidding war for his next, for um, what became his new sneaker contract with Nike. Uh, traditionally, those kinds of things are reserved for all stars, all NBA guys, famous people. Um, and PJ Tucker, uh, I think is a special case because he's made himself into an A-list NBA player while being essentially a role guy. Like, there's no other way to describe him. Like, there's nothing flashy about his game. He doesn't do like crazy dunks or, you know, crazy dribbling like say a uh you know a uh a, a, a white chocolate type of guy who was a role player but had a flashy game but like this guy is straight up blue collar nba player and has been able to do sheer will and his obvious you know great taste and um eye for what's what's going to you know turn heads when it comes to what he's wearing both clothing wise and his sneakers I think it's remarkable, man. Like he's been able to put money in his pocket just by being great at this shit. Like, um, and and I don't know that there's ever been an NBA player 
like this. So I think, and that's a huge reason why I follow what he's doing. Because again, he's not a star. He doesn't draw headlines. He's doing this shit all on his own. Um, it's really cool to watch. And so are you taking credit for it because you started putting him in the power rankings and the bidding war? <laughs> nah, nah, this- I can't take credit for that. Because um, and sorry, my, my dog Ted is being an asshole um over there by the door. Uh he likes to yell at the maintenance people and the male people. Um, but no, what I will say is that like if people like nicekicks.com, complex, all of these people have been highlighting what PJ Tucker's doing for years. Like I know. Uh, I don't know if Nice Kick still does it. I'm not. I'm not on their website as often as I used to be. Um, but they used to do this thing called Kicks on Court, where they would highlight, you know, the sneakers of different guys that would wear like noteworthy sneakers, not just the standard issue, um, either your own signature shoe or if you're just a contracted by Nike or Adidas, whatever their, you know, 2019 basketball model is, you kind of just wear it, like what you say Kevin Love is doing right now. Uh, PJ Tucker for years. Um, I can't take credit for that. For years, has been getting credit on the blogs. Like people who care about this type of thing have known for years that he is essentially the king of this stuff. Okay, well, let, let's get into the the important question, which you kind of said you you brought it up in the beginning. Why hasn't Westbrook made your rankings? Like, what's the what's the criteria? <sighs> Why isn't it? Because you would think with all the stuff he wears, and, and and listen, he wears a lot of loud stuff. You know, uh. Things, but what? Why hasn't he made your rankings yet? Okay, first of all, the list is extremely subjective, right? Like there are no metrics, there are no like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. I have to actually like what you're wearing, and I straight up don't like the way the guy dresses. Like, um, I have a theory that what's so in the 2012. Yeah, it was 2012 NBA Finals, right? That's basically when Westbrook and even Durant, quote-unquote, arrived as NBA properties, right? Um, And if you guys remember, it was Dwayne Wade and LeBron James who essentially started this whole thing. They started dressing. They hired out stylists and started with this ultra-European, ultra-tapered, showing up the games in pink pants and all white and all of this type of stuff. Like, they started this thing. Um, LeBron and D-Wade did, right? And, you know, of course, in the finals, which is the sport's biggest stage, OKC basically just happened to be there. And Westbrook would wear what I would call like semi-quirky shirts. At the time, it was like the all-over print stuff that had just gotten in style at the time. And he got some, he got a lot of positive press for it because, you know, it's the finals. And finally, all eyes are on the NBA. There's essentially nothing happening in June. Sorry, baseball. Um, during the NBA finals. And so he got a lot of attention for it, for just wearing the shirt. And he was like, hmm, I'm getting love for just throwing on some shit that I threw on. And he kind of took that to its furthest extent. And he's only kept getting rewarded for it with good press in places like Vogue and GQ and details and what have you, right? Um, and I think it's empowered him. Um, unfortunately so, to basically just wear what he wants. Like, if you watch what he's wearing, there's no rules, there's no rhyme or reason. And to his mind, it's like, I've been getting props by the gatekeepers for doing this very thing, so I'm going to go with it. And, you know, a part of me is like, of course, you should wear what you want. 
But another part of me is like, it should also make sense, right? And it should be true to some common theme, some something that's core <laughs> to whatever it is about you that you're expressing through what you're wearing. And I just think Westbrook literally just throws shit against the wall and hope it sticks. And people think it's cool because he has this persona of, I do what I want. I don't care what anybody thinks. It's nonsense. He he cares what people think. Um, he's just gotten it to where... People think what he's wearing is fly, and I'm just here to tell you it's it's not. People, it's like it's bad. It's just like you know, a lot of NBA fans watching it. Like maybe I'm just out of touch, and I don't get it. And you know, the kids think it's no Westbrook looks bad. All right, well, so I'm, I'm gonna ask you this then. You know how everyone's you know gonna compare Russ to CP on and off the court. Compare their fashion. Who who has the better? Uh, oh, the Chris better Paul by far. Chris Paul by <laughs> far, and because Chris Paul has a level of like, there's a level of discernment. Like he, you can tell what he, like he he's conscious about what he's wearing. Like there's a, I, I it's hard to describe it, but there's a there's a theme. There's a rhyme of reason. And the main thing about Chris Paul is he never looks like he's wearing a Halloween costume. He never looks like he's wearing a Halloween costume, which I like, you know, that's my thing about guys like uh, Kelly Oubre. Like, he's just dressing up. He's not putting on clothes. Like, Chris Paul looks comfortable in what he's wearing. Like, he's just a much better dresser than Westbrook. It's like, it's, to me, it's not even close. They're not even in the same ballpark. Like, Westbrook is like, I don't know. He's like a Flavor Flav to me. He's a cartoon character in that respect. Okay. Okay. Well, let, let me ask you this question, and and we'll let you go on this unless Kelly has something else to add. Who's made the rankings the most as you've done it? Like, who's been the most consistent feature? The guy you're just like, yo, this guy's probably gonna end up being on it. You, you know, at the end of the season, you when you, when you tally it up, you're gonna be like, this guy's gonna have been on it most most all year. I think the three guys who are gonna absolutely end up on every single list are Chris Paul, as we mentioned. Um, PJ Tucker and Kevin Love. Um, Kevin Love is my is probably my second. PJ is my favorite because he's like you don't know what he's gonna do. He has this like wide range of stuff that he's capable of pulling off. So like it's exciting every week to see what PJ's doing because it's like the breadth of his you know his abilities in that realm is like it's crazy. So he's the most exciting, but at the same time. To me, he has the biggest ebbs and flows, right? Kevin Love, what I like is he is super consistent. He always looks good. And what I love most about Kevin Love is that he wears items, and I've said this in the column, like he wears items that everybody has in their closet, right? Like everybody has a cardigan. Everybody has a chambray shirt. Every like every he wears stuff that normal people have. Um, you know, I'm I like Balenciaga just as much as the next guy, but I I'm sorry, I'm not rich enough yet, Mo. Hopefully one day I will be to spend $3500 on a coat, right? Yeah, yeah. Um and NBA players are fortunate enough that they could do that, but there's a certain level of you know, that's unattainable to what they're doing. Kevin Love looks great all the time, and it's attainable. That's why he's one of my favorites. So I would say Chris Paul, Kevin Love, P.J. Tucker will be basically on every single list that I ever put out. Perfect. Well, I mean, that's that's a great breakdown. And everybody should check out your work on theathletic.com. You're all over the back-to-back pods. You're on the Daily Ding. You're on what's becoming very quickly one of my favorites is Hoops Adjacent with David Aldridge. I mean, that's where everybody. Yeah, shouts to the legend. Yeah, I mean, 
Dude, you're so lucky just to be on with him on a daily basis. Uh, on a oh, weekly he basis. is. He's the. He's literally the greatest of all time. Like he is the best. Um, I would encourage everybody to subscribe and listen to Hoops to Jason, of course, back to back, all of that stuff. Yeah. So you can check Waz out there. You could. You can find him on Twitter, on Instagram. He is the fashion guru. Uh, and he can give you an insight into how poorly I dress from a day-to-day basis whenever I give him a ride to, to games. Nah, man, Moe's Mo's actually not bad, y'all. Of course, not everybody can be as dripful as, as Kelly is, but Mo Mo does his thing, man. And, and Kelly, man, I, I'm going to see you when you come out here. Uh, we'll figure some things out. My man. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks, Wise. All right, folks. We talk about physical fitness a lot. But there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. Yo, folks, sleep is so important. I can't stress it enough. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things to do for my body and mind. And that goes for everybody, man. Across the board, sleep is so important. There are so many studies out there for everything, you know, about mental health, about just keeping your brain healthy, everything. It all starts with sleep and getting a good night's sleep. So for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com, C-A-L-M.com, and use our promo code BRODY. As in Brody and the Beard, just put in Brody. Unlock content to help your focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com.com slash Brody. That's com.com slash Brody. And get some rest, folks, and get ready to roll. That was great from Waz, Kelly, but let's get into the stuff that also kind of really matters, a little more on the course stuff. Rockets squeezed out a tough one against the Spurs last night. They went down big early, man. and and. You know, Russ was phenomenal in that first half, really kind of keeping them afloat. And then Harden got going in the second half. What, I mean, what were some of your, I mean, you were there at the arena till pretty late, I think till about like two in the morning or so. What were some of your takeaways from last night's game? Yeah, I think last night was kind of one of those things where, you know, obviously us in the media like to hype it up because of what had happened in the, in the previous matchup in San Antonio. But in reality, it was another game for the Rockets. They could have got blown out, which I thought they were early on when LaMarcus Aldridge was looking like 2014. And Brent Forbes was looking like prime Kyle Corver coming off the screens. He ran the same dribble handoff like four times in a row in the first half. And I'm sitting there thinking like, somebody has to stop this guy. Like, th- there's a scouting report. I mean, they, they couldn't <laughs> stop him. He was, he was six for six in the first half. And like, it was the it same was exact like, shot. I mean, he yeah, was straight up on fire. And, and they were down 24. If you go, if you went on Twitter during that time, you know, you would have seen a bunch of angry Rockets fans talking about, you know, Mike D'Antoni and, and could he be fired? Could he, you know, Tillman Fertitta, how he was going to bring down the hammer, Thor. But we saw, you know, Westbrook, in the midst of all the nonsense that was going on, he was the best player on the floor. He had 25 points in the first half, you know, 8 of 13 shooting from the field. And you could tell he kind of had that aggression where Harden was kind of taken out of the game early. You know, he he got into the shoving match with DeJounte Murray. And he was kind of out of it. His shooting was off. He was shooting two for 14 from the field, four for 17 at halftime. 
But Westbrook kept pushing and pushing, attacking the rim, you know, getting guys open, trying to clap at his teammates for, for missing shots and, and, and wanted to get back in the game. And we saw how that the script kind of flipped in the second half, where the Rockets kind of came out with that emphasis and, and energy they should have from the beginning. But we saw them get into the Spurs a bit more. The offense was a bit more, you know, energetic. The defense was was energetic. And we saw a huge comeback. Now, this is going to be a pretty bad sign for this team if they have to keep getting in these situations, playing against inferior teams and allowing them to, you know, build early leads. We saw that against Detroit. We saw that against Sacramento. When are these guys going to understand that, yes, these are smaller teams, but you have to beat these teams early and often if you want to have a, you know, good playoff seed, if you want to get home court advantage. These are the games you have to win. And Mike D'Antoni, while he was relieved at the end of the game, he was still pretty frustrated with the defensive effort that they showed in the first half and and how it's been for the last five or so games. I mean, this is really close to, I mean, they were Bryn Forbes in and out three. And I mean, that ball was more than halfway down until it popped back out for a corner three. Does this kind of being almost another loss to a bad team? And I'm with you on this, like, you got to play better against these bad teams. Like, these are games you got to kind of stack in the bank, right? Like, this is these are wins that you just got to go get, plain and simple. Now, they did in this case, but we've seen it a few times. You know, the Sacramento game and, and things like that. Like, that was really, an, this is really kind of becoming a reoccurring issue. And and that's sort of a problem with the Rockets. But, you know, the 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 story of the game, and you even wrote about it on The Athletic, was the, uh, you know, Russ kind of just holding everything together, really kind of bit by bit, although he wasn't as efficient in the second half as he was in the first half. Like he still made plays. He was still re- pretty good down the stretch. There were a few decisions in crunch time that made <laughs> I thought, me cringe. I thought he I lost the he, game whenever he, 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 he went to the post and he shot that ball that just smacked him. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was, that was, I was literally just, I saw that and going like, God, we're going to have to talk about that on Brody and the Beard. Like it was just one of those things where I was just like, man, like these are the things that scare me about Russ is the we've talked about it several times, the decision-making at the end of games. And that's the stuff where it was a little bit scary, but for the most part, thought he did a pretty good job kind of just holding it together until yeah, James and, got and going. I think that's kind of what, you know, the Rockets envisioned when they brought him in when Chris Paul was here at some point in the season, it almost seemed like Chris Paul was like, not a role player, but he was like the he was like a real Robin, you know, to to Harden's Batman, just because of how you know good Harden was was throughout the injuries and you know bringing Houston back into the top of the Western Conference. But this year, you know, Russell Westbrook, they want him to be himself. You know, obviously, you could say, you know, can he shoot more threes? Can he be more efficient from the field? Is he going to turn the ball over? But when Harden isn't on his game, the way this Rockets team is set up, they're going to suffer if he's not on his game. But when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook, who, yeah, who, who is going to play erratic at times, is going to take bad shots and, and turn the ball over, but he is going to bring a different physicality, different angle to the game that you needed. And, and we saw it on display last night where he's able to impose his will um, on the Spurs guards 
get into the teeth of the defense, you know, and have that confidence to where even if you're down 15, 16, 17 points, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world because you have a, a dog that's going to, you know, take you through the mud. Yeah, I think one thing I want to push back is like, although last year Chris Paul was kind of more the Robin rule, I felt like the no, year yeah, before sure, he wasn't. Sure. I felt like he that that yeah that first I'm in, year I'm in together. Last year. I'm and, in last year. And I think, and I think the big thing this year is, and the big difference between having Russ versus CP is how much Harden respects Russ. I mean, I've heard stories of you know Russ getting on Harden in practice to the point where some of his teammates kind of raised an eyebrow, but. Harden just sort of took it because it's like that's his that's that relationship and the foundation that they've had over the years that they that Harden and Chris Paul never really had together. And I think that's something that kind of going forward really helps this team. And I think that's the big difference. And that's the most important difference. I think when it comes down to how this can work, it's really because these guys have gone so far back together. I mean, forget about their OKC days. I mean, I'm talking about playing in that late together or, or or in the same circuits and constantly being around each other growing up like i think that that all kind of carries weight and and helps in this instance you know to kind of for for harden to be able to take criticism from westbrook and and vice versa and, and for it to go back and forth i mean we've seen instances on the court where they both bicker at each other and i've i don't ever see that as a real big deal just because i feel like it comes from a good place between the both of them you know, whereas last year, if it was Chris and Harden, like we would have, it'd be a, you know, two week story. So I think this is kind of the difference with that squad. And, you know, it's been good. I don't think it's been great on the court. I think there's still a lot of issues. It's also just December. You don't win championships in December. You don't, you know, kind of, you're building your identity, but you still have a long way to go. I mean, we still got three, four more months of basketball before we really kind of hit the playoffs. So I think it's, you know, they're, they're building there, but you know, there, there are flashes where it's good and there are flashes where it's scary, but for the most part, I, I, the most important thing I think they have for each other is that respect, which is something that I don't think. Yeah. They had last year. And going back to what you said, you know, they did talk about this during media day that there are going to be times where James is going to get on Russ and Russ is going to get on James, but it's not coming from a place of disrespect. It's not coming from a place of anger. It's just, competitive nature and you understanding that their deep friendship carries out onto the floor. There is no uh, seniority. There is no, you know, 1A, 1, 1A, 2A or whatever. Russ is able to, to take criticism and he's also able to dish it out as well. Now, how is this going to play out through the season in terms of the chemistry? Harden said it might take all season. You know, it's going to be a learning process. The biggest thing I want to see is how, and I've said this time and time again, how does Russ look with the second unit? The reason why the Rockets were so good last season, well, the year before, in 2017, was because those Chris Paul-led lineups were just as good, if not slightly better than the ones with him and Harden on at the same time. You know, early on this season, I think it's still a, a net, it's a minus 10, I think, with Russ on and James off. Part of that, obviously, is due to uh, the Rockets' third best player not being on the floor, Eric Gordon. But another part of that, too, was also chemistry. You still have to understand where guys are going to be, 
You, uh, they have to understand Russ's tendencies. He's going to attack from the left side of the floor. He's going to post up sometimes. You have to understand where guys want to be. And I think as the weeks go on, you know, you'll, you'll see an uptick in that category. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And it's going to be an ongoing thing all year. Uh, we're going to talk about it pretty much at nauseum because it's a pretty big storyline. And you're right. Like how he does in the second unit is, is really critical to the team's success. So, you know, we're, we're going to stay on it because it's pretty freaking important. So we'll stay on top of all that stuff. Kelly, I know you got you're coming into town again soon. We 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 got Clippers Rockets coming up, I think Thursday night. You know, this is a, a Tuesday we're recording. Hopefully I won't be in jury duty much longer after today. I'm hoping to not get on any trials. I'm gonna do my very best if I'm on a panel to uh discourage somebody from picking me. <laughs> you got anything else to add, man? Or, uh, or stay tuned for this week's uh ecosystem coming out. Just a big preview on uh Rockets Clippers and and the whole season outlook as is through 25 games or so. So look out for that. And be sure to subscribe to The Athletic. He had a really good piece today on Westbrook. Thank you. Go back and read his Ben McLemore piece, which was awesome, who also had a pretty damn good game last night with 17 points and was hit some big shots for the, the Rockets. And be, make sure you subscribe. You can definitely jump onto The Athletic. Subscribe at theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard you know, get 40% off. These things go quick, guys. Jump on it when you can. And if you're already a subscriber, guess what? Give it as a gift, man. It's Christmas time. It's time to celebrate the holidays. Share, share with people the beauty of the athletic and give them all the beautiful sports writing that's out there across all sports and also Kelly's stuff. And a big thank you to Waz for jumping on and talking to us about fashion uh, and in particular, the Rockets fashion. For Kelly Eco, for Sasha Ashal, for Wozni Lombre, and for me, we out.